We're talking college football prospects, draft prospects, draft trends, giants needs, and much more with Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, who covers college football year-round. That interview is coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you with us to start off draft week. We are here, folks. We made it. It is draft week, the draft coming up on Thursday. We're going to finally get some answers as to what the NFL community thinks of all the prospects. The mock draft season ends and uh, it's going to be like, you know, birthday or holiday, you know, where each team unwraps or, or presents its fans with uh, this new and exciting talent. And it's I can't wait. I, I am just absolutely getting uh, draft week is is by far one of my busiest, but one of my most fun uh, in covering the NFL. So to that end, we have on today's show, Bruce Feldman who is a college football analyst, also um, covers college football over at The Athletic. He has the Bruce Feldman Freak List. Uh, He recently did a a mock draft um, at the end of March. So Bruce came on the program with me and we were talking a little bit about, you know, college football in general. We were talking about giant needs, um, where the draft is strong, where it's not, giant fits and all that good stuff. So That interview is going to come up. Before I get to that interview, though, Bruce was not able to join me on video. So for those of you watching on YouTube, unfortunately, Bruce was not able to join video-wise, but he, of course, did call in. And, um, you know, so we're going to show a little graphic with his face on it, but pretty much um, I don't have the interaction, unfortunately. So hopefully that won't diminish from the interview if you're watching on YouTube and those of you who are listening, you won't even notice. It'll it'll just be like any other audio interview I do. So without any further ado, Giant fans, here is the interview with Bruce Feldman. All right, New York Giant fans, welcome back. We are now joined by Bruce Feldman. He is a college football analyst, an expert, knows all things about college football. He writes for The Athletic. He's also an analyst over at Fox Sports. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you. It's good to be on with you. Bruce, I want to start off by getting your your, your thoughts about the draft class, the strengths of this class. I mean, especially now, pro days are done, top 30 visits are done, all the all-star games are done. Where is the strength that now that we have a whole lot more information about these prospects? I think it's a really good draft for cornerbacks. I think it's a really good draft for, for tight ends. And I think it'll be a good draft for edge players. Um, to me, those are the biggest areas of depth. I, I think this is really good for corners and, and tight ends, especially though. Now we, we look at um, the effect that COVID had 
on the on the on the world basically, but in particular college football, <clears throat> excuse me. And I call these players super seniors. These are guys who are granted extra years of eligibility because, you know, COVID wiping out some of the programs and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about the effect you've seen on these super seniors? Has this made, has this helped to make the the, uh, draft class stronger in your opinion or or no effect? I think it's, it's in some ways it's good. And in some ways it's probably not as good. Whereas from talking to some, some coaches in the last week, or two in the NFL, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of guys have moved around in their college careers. The transfer portal has been way more active, you know, in the last couple of years than it was, you know, really wasn't to this degree, you know, seven or eight years ago or beyond. Uh, but also because coaching staffs have shuffled so much that I think that has impacted kind of the development, honestly, with some of these guys. So yeah, there's some, some guys who are certainly older and there are some six year guys who are out there, but, but I think there's also a lot of other guys who are very raw and probably the development piece isn't as good, both physically and maybe, maybe emotionally. So I think it's, it's not quite what I think a lot of people would look at when you see certain guys who may be getting there in their mid twenties. But then I think a bulk of guys are very green still. Do you see, you know, in this class in particular, do you see a lot of guys who maybe are still green that would benefit from an extra year of, of uh, playing? I, I know, you know, some guys do rush out for, you know, the, the allure of the NFL. I mean, what, what's your take on that? I definitely think there's a handful of guys where you look at and say, okay, well, maybe you're a little surprised that this guy, you know, left when they did. Um, But I think, you know, they they get the message of, you know, get to my second contract. That's where the money is. And I think that is, um, you know, I I think some guys are going to be, are going to reap the rewards of it. And other guys are going to probably come back shaking their heads. And, And, you know, I, I, like you said, I cover college football all year round. And I was out somewhere um, in the Pac-12 earlier this week. And one of the coaches was talking about they had a player who just his situation kind of he felt like it had dictated that he needed to come out when he did. Uh, and this was a year ago and it didn't work out for that player. Maybe staying another year would have really benefited him. But I think it's just hard for certain guys to, to see that in the moment because there are definitely some examples of guys who have benefited from it thought I saw something about some kind of score or some kind of test or something that they, they use on, can, is there still some, something like that? I think the biggest thing they do is they will, they can get evaluations from the NFL, um, you know, in terms of like a draft projection of where people think they may go. And so, you know, some guys listen to it and some schools say, Hey, you know, they're saying you have a, a go back to school grade. Uh, on you right now, as opposed to, you know, maybe you think you can be a second round pick because you're going to test well. And, and I think those are the, those are the tricky things for players and their families to sort out. But I think it's also, you know, now with NIL, you know, players are able to do some side deals to make some money. And maybe that mitigates it a little bit of, of the, the, the need to, to definitely get out and, and make some money. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you find your assigned therapist isn't for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up with Bruce Feldman here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But first, coming up this week on Locked on Giants, we're going to have Ed Valentine on the program. We, of course, will have our draft coverage. It's going to be a busy weekend, so we will keep you up to date on everything that happens as the Giants make their selections over the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast for all things New York Giants. Getting back to the super seniors for a moment, what's the impact do you think that will have on future draft classes? Do you think it'll kind of thin them out a little bit or, or, you know, weaken them in in any position? It could. I mean, it certainly could because if there's an influx, I mean, there's still going to be a bunch of those players who have the extra COVID year in college football this year. Um, I think the part that will be something that bears watching is you know, just in the last two years, college coaches, and this is not just a few, this is a lot of them, have become way more invested in roster roster building from the transfer portal, meaning they're taking way more guys who are from other programs than they are high school players. Those high school players eventually are going to be 22 years old. And so like what happens to them? It used to be that, you know, teams would depending on, you know, what your academic school situation was like or what part of the country you're in, maybe you take 21 of your 25 players would be high school kids and four of them would be junior college guys. Now, I would say a lot of those schools are taking maybe 10 high school kids and it may be taking as many as 15 transfers. And so that just, you know, I think that'll affect the development side of it significantly. But what you'll probably see is a lot of those guys will end up at smaller schools, maybe in FCS football, and then they'll play earlier and then maybe then they'll try to move up or maybe we'll see just a lot more guys coming from schools that maybe most college football fans aren't watching on Saturdays. When you look at the college game, I mean, a lot of NFL coaches will say that, you know, players coming out of college, they they need further refinement on technique or the understanding of the game or whatever the case may be. But there's also a lot of trends that develop in college that find their way to the NFL. I mean, do you kind of look at it as the, the college ranks kind of set the stage for the NFL or is it vice versa these days? Um, I think in a lot of ways it's vice versa because we're seeing, you know, college game has relied on, on running quarterbacks a lot over the years and whether it's Lamar Jackson or, you know, you've seen more and more certainly, you know, Jalen Hurts, you've seen Josh Allen, you've seen a lot of guys and a lot of programs, you know, this, you know, the, you have the Giants helmet right behind you. It's like Daniel Jones, you know, was very effective as a runner because Brian Dayball did a really good job as the Bills 
the offensive coordinator getting Josh Allen kind of settled in what he does really well and not majoring in the stuff he doesn't, you know, he needs a lot of work in. And I think there was a lot of that 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 the Giants did well, uh, certainly with, with Daniel Jones, and it paid off. When you look at the trends in the NFL, you know, one of the big trends is finding the next Travis Kelsey. You mentioned running quarterbacks and whatnot. Is is the college ranks, are they kind of keeping up with that, do you think? Or is it just, you know, guys that are coming up and they just need to develop into those types of players? Uh, you know, I think they're still, you know, projects and I think they're looking for athleticism. And so whatever they can do, you know, to see how guys develop, but they're not all, you know, you're competing with sometimes basketball players. And I think some of those guys project well because they've seen examples of that. You know, I think people saw Jimmy Graham, you know, had a really successful career after, you know, being a basketball player and then spending one year at Miami as a tight end. And I think there's guys who have seen those those examples of how it can pay off and whether it's Kelsey or George Kittle. I mean, that is a position where it is a it is a weapon in, in the NFL. And I I definitely think, you know, I see it now. I mean, one of the top tight end high school recruits in the country who's going to USC, Deuce Robinson. He's a big-time baseball player. I mean, 6'6", probably 225. We'll see what he looks like, you know, two or three years from now if he cho- chooses not to go to the baseball route because he's got good in that. But I think I think people see the examples and see the potential. And it's like it's intriguing to them. When you um, put together your freak list, uh, which mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how long ago it came out, but you, put, you had some interesting names on there. Um, I don't know you know, what your thoughts are about the Giants season, whatnot, but who are some of the guys on that freak list that you think might have Giants written all over them? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I way back in the day, Saquon was one of the guys who was my top guy on my freaks list. I think, you know, here's the Giants, you know, are they going to look for cornerbacks? You have Christian Gonzalez. He was one of my freaks guys. I don't know if he'll fall to them. I don't know if the Giants would, would, you know, jump up to go get him, but you have a guy who, has really good size and length for a corner. He vertical jumps 41 and a half inches and broad jumps over 11 feet. That's, you know, that's a pretty uh, rare athlete, right? He started out at Colorado, was a good player, and then moved on to Oregon last year and really, really shined for them. Um, you know, I, I think some other, Joey Porter Jr. is another guy with, with freakish length. You know, obviously people know who his dad was. I mean, he was a really, really um, elite guy who, who played a lot better. I mean, he had a bunch of penalties two years ago, and he really cleaned that up. I think after the first game, I think he only had one penalty the whole season. I mean, he's somebody I think, you know, like I said, this is a really good cornerback group. Deontay Banks from Maryland, another big physical corner, runs four, ran four three five at the combine, 42-inch vertical. 11-4 broad jump. Um, one name also on the cornerback side that I think, you know, he may not go in the first round. I haven't seen a lot of mock drafts have him going in the top 50. You know, the people I talk to think Julius Brents from Kansas State is a really special player. Um, he is 6'3", 200 pounds. He had great change of direction numbers at the combine. He is a freak athlete. He he's, doesn't have the straight line speed that Tariq Wolin had, who who had a great rookie year last year for the Seahawks. 
but he is in that mold. His change of direction is every bit as good. His length is very similar. Um, I think he's a guy that more people need to be talking about. What about, um, you know, the quarterback and wide receiver group? I mean, it just seems like for, for I want to say the second or third year in a row, there's no consensus as to who the top guys are. Who do you see as the top guys at those two positions? I think I think quarterback is a interesting one because Bryce Young has everything you're looking for except size. And that is a big except. He is a small quarterback. There's no way around it. He's not, you know, he's short like Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson was thick and built like a running back. That's not him. You know, he never, when he played, he was like 192 pounds. And you got to worry about that for durability issues. I mean, all these smaller quarterbacks or guys who run, they, you know, Lamar Jackson hasn't finished a season basically. And Lamar Jackson is way bigger than, than Bryce is. CJ Stroud had a terrific career at Ohio state. He has good size, good athleticism, the most accurate quarterback in this draft. I think CJ Stroud's a really, really good quarterback and I think he would be worthy of a top five pick I know people are dinging him a little bit about the you know the the processing test um you know I the thing is with him if you look at his film and look what he did I mean he was not a guy throwing his interception touchdown interception ratio was like eight to one and it wasn't like he was just throwing bubble screens. I think he's really, really good. The guys behind him, you know, I had two, these two guys are definite freak, freak guys. Anthony Richardson from Florida, who is just a rare athlete to run the low four fours at that size. He's got a huge arm to go with it. The issue is, is accuracy. You know, he was in that mid 50 range in the one year he played. That was similar to Josh Allen. Josh Allen played at, a lower competition level, but this guy's even faster than Josh Allen. And we're talking about the same caliber of arm talent, but you know, again, I think you got to be a little concerned about, you know, the accuracy, same, same deal, honestly, for Will Levis at Kentucky, big, strong arm, good athlete, had a really good 2021 and a really shaky 2022 when he had a new offensive coordinator who struggled and an offensive line that was really shaky. As far as the receivers, to me, there is a clear number one guy, and that's Jackson Smith and Jigger from Ohio State. He's got decent size. He's played in the slot a lot, and he's got elite change of direction and hands and toughness. I think he is the closest thing to a sure thing in the receiver group, and I don't think it's close. Despite the fact that he's he had the injury issue, and, and some critics are saying that he really just had that one good year. Oh yeah, I would. I think, I think he is Brian Hartline, the Ohio State re- uh, receivers coach, has coached more big time players. He had both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were thousand yard receivers as rookie last year. This guy was better than both of them. He's more physical. He's bigger. Um, he has better change of direction. I, I, I think if anybody's passing on him and they need a receiver, they're missing the boat. Bruce, a lot of uh, armchair GMs see the first round of the draft falling one way, which is not necessarily the way that maybe the real NFL GMs anticipate it falling. What are some of the things, you know, maybe potential trends or surprises that you think will happen in that first round that maybe nobody is talking about right now? 
I don't know. I mean, there's so many different people who come at the draft. It's I'm sure there's it's hard not to it's hard to for something to get uncovered. I do think that the caliber of tight ends probably will not. You know, I I don't know if that many people are discussing just how deep this tight end group is. When a Luke Mus Musgrave from Ohio, from Oregon State with the athleticism he has, now he missed a lot of last year because of injury, so I think that kind of obscured it. But when he is a guy that may not be a top fifty pick with the athleticism he has. That speaks to, I think, how many good tight ends, you know, Sam LaPorter from Iowa, really good player. And these are guys who are probably second or third, third day guys who I think will be starters and, and real big, you know, weapons in the NFL. When drafting uh, for the, for this year, I mean, looking ahead, I'm, I'm sure teams keep an eye on, you know, 2024, 2025. I mean, do you have an early take on how those classes are shaping up or is it just too soon to, to say where the strengths are in those classes? I think aside from quarterback, where we we're pretty confident Caleb Williams and Drake May will come out, plus you'll have Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Um, I think that will be a very good quarterback crop. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure how it'll, you know, really shape up because it's hard to say who will emerge and who won't necessarily but I think quarterback wise what we know about that will be a very I think that will be a better quarterback group than this one all right now I want to talk a little bit about your mock draft that you did for um for the athletic you had the Giants trading up to get Christian Gonzalez who whom you spoke about just a little while ago what is it about Gonzalez that just makes him such a good fit for the Giants in your opinion especially you know talking about trading up well, I, I, one of the things that I, I looked at here, you look at some of the talented receivers in that division, certainly with what the Eagles have, and especially with like, you know, AJ Brown's a big physical guy. I think this is a big cornerback. I think they need to look at somebody like that. And the athleticism, as I said, is rare. I mean, traits wise, he is a guy who should be probably a top 12 you know, player. And I think if you really need to upgrade the defense in that regard, I think he's a good answer. I mean, there's a cornerback from Illinois, Devon Witherspoon, whose film was probably even more impressive, but he's not as big. I mean, he's six feet, 180. He's very instinctive. He's very physical and tough. It's just, I think when you're talking about the, the, the size of some of the receivers that you're, you see a lot in that division. Um, I think that's why you probably, need to make a move for you know one of the bigger corners who has that athleticism i know i would personally sign up for that that's one of the areas that i'm hoping the giants address let's talk real quick about running backs um in this draft class you know I've, everybody's talking about Bijan robinson um how he compares to saquon barkley with whom by the way the giants are, are currently in a contract standoff um what what is it about this uh, running backs class that you like? Where is the strength and where's the best value? Do you think in in this class? I think Bijan is a top five talent. He is he, he checks off everything in a big way. Great receiver, good blocker, really good change of direction, really good acceleration. He's got really good size. Um, I had him going ten to the Eagles because and people are like well, who's taking a running back that high. My point is Eagles played in the Super Bowl, didn't win it, but were really close. I think Bijan Robinson is that good that he will put it, he could put them over the top. After him, there's some drop-off, but Jamar Gibbs from Alabama is a really dynamic uh receiver. I think he, there's some Alvin Kamara kind of skills there. Um, maybe even faster. I don't, you know, I think he's really good. And then I think after that, 
I think you can get a really good running back, not necessarily Bijan caliber across the board, but I think you can get a really good running back even into the third round. I think there's a bunch of guys in, in this year um, who are Kendra Miller from TCU fits in that category. Sean Tucker from Syracuse. There, there are guys who I think can be different, can be game breakers who could be probably the, the second guy in a one, two punch and really make impact in uh you know, in their rookie years even. And then finally, Bruce, what position group do you think, you know, just is underwhelming right now for that, that maybe teams might want to, you know, take a late day three gamble on because there's just the, the talent and the value just isn't there early on. You know, I don't think this is a great group um, of offensive linemen. I think, there's last year, I think you had Iki Iquano at the top who was really athletic and also really dominant in the run game. There isn't that guy. Um, you know, Ohio State has has two good, you know, athletic guys. One, Dewan Jones is enormous, but both guys are big, but they are not of that caliber. Um, you know, there's a good right tackle from Tennessee who I think will be a late first round you know, the, Peter Skaronsky is really polished from Northwestern, but he's probably more of an inside guy than a than an offensive tackle. I, I think offensive line, there's a couple of good centers. There's a, you know, but I don't know if anyone's taken us even as good as the two guys are from the Big Ten. I don't know if anybody's taken one in the first round. I just think it's like, this isn't, this isn't a, a great deep group of offensive linemen. You're talking across the board or, or at tackle? I'm talking really across the board, but I think at tackle, you know, it's the part where those are the guys you usually see, you know, a run on them in the first round. You know, like I said, I think you will see, you know, one of the Ohio State guys early, and then I could see, you know, the right tackle from Tennessee. Um, uh, Skaronsky will go somewhere in the, you know, probably in the top 20 because I think people will try him at right tackle and then I think he'll slide inside probably to guard. But I just don't think it is a, you know, there's Broderick Jones from Georgia who is a very impressive physical specimen and people like him, but he's still really raw and he will go on the top 25, but he's one that hasn't played that much football yet. So I, I just think this is a, this is probably a, not as strong a draft as we've seen in the last few years on the offensive line. Kind of uh, disheartening because, you know, you look at the team like the Giants and you can say, you know, make a case that they need a center for the long term so that Daniel Jones doesn't have to have a different starting center every year. And I know there's a couple guys in, in, at center. John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota is really good. I mean, I talked to the senior bowl guys in 2021 and they weren't sure if he was coming out. They really liked him. I mean, he's athletic. He's good. I mean, if you get him in the second round, I think he'll be a really, really good value. Joe Timpman from Wisconsin, he was on my freaks list, really explosive athlete. Um, I think he's another one. If he goes in the second round, I think he'll be a really good value. Yeah, well, hopefully the Giants pick one up because I know I've been screaming for one uh, for the longest time. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Giant fans, you can read Bruce over at The Athletic. And he's also with with Fox Sports. He covers college football all year round. So he knows the prospects today and the prospects of tomorrow. So make sure you check out his work. Thank you so much, Giant fans, for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Before I say goodbye, 
Ed Valentine is going to come up on the program this week. And I might just do one more mock draft just for the heck of it, because this is kind of the week where I kind of try and zero in on who I think the Giants are going to pick. And uh, I'm, I'm still sticking with cornerback, you know, which cornerback? Well, let's see how it works out on the board when I run the mock draft simulator, but I probably will do one more mock draft just for, you know, the heck of it. So I hope you'll tune in. And then of course we will go into the weekend with nonstop draft coverage here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Keep it here. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.